Nice for watching the fourth quarter with us, everybody. Uh, this is the Stretch Four. We are the Bulls Outcasts. I'm Matt. That's Big Dave. That's John. Follow us on Twitter, Bulls underscore Beck, Foul Sports, and Sabine 214 uh, As always, tips, welcome, appreciated, love them, always, any any size. Um, Even if and, it likes uh, it. Yeah, tips are great. Guys, this is another another tough, frustrating loss. It, you know, it kind of seemed like a replay of the Suns game mm-hmm. in a way that's like, okay, the Bulls are actually battling with a quality Western Conference opponent. Uh, the Bulls got out to a classic Bulls start in this one. The young guys, the starters, get outclassed right out of the gate. The bench comes in. They fight their way back. Uh, Bulls had a pretty pretty uh, competent third quarter. Kobe helped out a lot in the third after a bad first quarter. They're right in it. And failure to execute. And basically, they let their opponents get what they want. Um, and the Bulls can't get the stops that they need down the stretch. And tonight it was MVP candidate, the Joker. My God. I mean, like, Big Dave, I know when we were texting before this game, you were talking about how the Joker is, like, one of your favorite players to watch right now. How, how much did you enjoy that as a Bulls fan slash Jokic fan? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird to say. Because I'm watching him be great and just dominate and do things. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this dude. He's amazing to watch. And then you forget for a second that, oh, my God, that's my team. He's doing that against. <laughs> like, I shouldn't be this happy. But, I mean, watching – I mean, he was great, though, man. Like, he was just – I love guys well, – I say it a million times. I, I love people who recognize they're seven feet tall. I love it. I love people who realize that. And he realized he's seven feet tall from the moment he gets the basketball on the inbounds. <laughs> he uses that size to get every single shot, including three pointers. We saw him shoot. We saw him do the dirt three point shot. He did a dirt fadeaway on, yeah, off the one leg just to put that up. And he just he loves it. He saw that these dudes are small, so guess what? I'm going inside. And I'm gonna bully you all night long. And he's so methodical. Takes his time, man. There's no rush. There's no flash to it when he puts it up. It's like he knows timing very well, like all great rebounders like Dennis Rodman mm. and, and Bill Wallace and guys like that. Just no timing of the basketball and where it's going to go. If you watch his rebounds and how he got it, because he got a lot of offensive rebounds tonight. If you watch it, I mean, he, the way he timed it, just those tip backs that he was getting with three people surrounding him. It, it was impressive. It's just so impressive to watch. What do you have? 39, 14, and 9. My God. Right. <laughs> My God. How can you not be impressed by that watching what he, he had more? He had more. So he had nine rebounds or nine assists? Nine, re- nine, nine assists. assists. He, assists he had more. 14 boards. He had more assists than Wendell had points. <laughs> that is accurate. That's Wendell accurate. finished with eight points. <sighs> Wendell finished with that stat line that we were talking about midway through the fourth quarter of eight points, three rebounds. uh, Jokic's rebounds were more than all of Wendell's stats added up. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. And baskets are worth two points. (laughs) So, like, you think points that should help. I mean, um, as – uh, Patrick said in the comments, for anyone saying Wendell can't do anything to defend Jokic, I would agree, but every center goes off for career highs against him. Thank and you. Guys, I think there is a point to be had there. And like, devil's advocate for just a quick second, sure. the 
centers who have gone off for career highs against the Bulls, and yes, against Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, Jokic, MVP candidate this season. Embiid, MVP candidate yes. this season. Uh, you know, Vucevic, all-star. Like Anthony Davis. You know, Anthony Davis, Julius Randle. Like, mm-hmm. the bigs that have dominated the Bulls and dominated Wendell, he's just, like, the Bulls have gone up against some of the best of the best already. So, I mean, at, at some point, do you say, well, it, it's Wendell or it's a brutal schedule for the Bulls so far as far as all of these elite bigs that we're playing? To Wendell. I mean, you could, you could say that, but also you have to look at it on the other side. What is Wendell doing to counter that? Because you know those guys are going to do that. So what are you handling? Now, we saw him do that against Embiid in the first quarter. And we were like, okay, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, you know, when you're going up against a guy like that. If he's going to go off on you, you do your best and you play your game, you know, to get your points up there too. Like, if he's going to get 50, I mean, you at least try to get 20, right? Like, that's that's what you do. But we had that's what we haven't seen. So that's what makes it more glaring, especially tonight, 39-14-9 against 8-3-2. and two. Like, it makes it much more glaring. And that's when you start looking because – that's the one side of the ball that people look at him on is the defensive side of the ball. So when what you do best, people are dominating you on, it becomes glaring after that. Yeah. We're not, I, you're, you make a great point. He's, he's going to get, it's not that he can't contain these MVP candidates. If he had 14 and eight, we'd go fine. Right. Cool. He, we would not think there was a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the it's he disappears. He gives yeah. you nothing. So not only are they getting their career highs, he's not doing anything on the other end. Like at least, stop playing defense, just play offense. Yeah. Like like save energy. Like, yeah. And like, I'm, what I'm seeing him revert back to. I'm sorry, John. What no, I'm no, seeing no, right. revert I'm back. Saying, to. I'm just saying like, we're, what we're asking for are average numbers. That's all we're asking yeah. for. Yeah. And what I've seen him revert back to, sadly, in the past couple of games, is that hesitation when he gets the ball in the middle of the paint and he's got an open shot. He he's not even he doesn't even look at the basket. He he did that a lot last year when he would get the ball and he wouldn't even look at the basket. It didn't matter how open he was. He would just immediately look for the pass. And I saw him I've seen him do that the past couple of games and that's one thing I just, I don't want him to get back to that, man, cuz he's obviously everything he's doing is in his head. Like it's all confidence level with him. And it's just it's not high right now, especially when you're getting dominated by these kind of guys. And I mean, the schedule isn't going to get easier. I mean, because then the one I really want to be looking at is when he goes up against Bam Adebayo, because Bam also, you know, having his size, also being six nine, but a guy that I consider special because he's an all star at that size and doing that position. So it's not going to get easier for Wendell, but he's got to counter it. Is all I'm saying. He's if you're going to struggle and you know these guys are going to do it on one end, you've got to counter it. Just uh, I wanted to make a quick clarification because, you know, we are giving Wendell a hard time right now, and I think the scrutiny is is deserved. Um, and obviously it's a big talking point for Bulls fans who are concerned about this team's front court. The 43-point game from Vooch happened after Wendell's thigh injury yeah. when it was Gafford starting and Wendell was on the shelf. So that True. one is taken out of the collective examples of Wendell getting yes. owned. <laughs> and yes. Anthony Davis. He wasn't, he wasn't playing that game either. Guys, so just when's the last Wendell good game you can remember? I'm not even worried about the opponents. Like uh, eight, 18 and 13 against the Rockets. 18 and 13, against 18 the and 13 is his career game of the season <laughs> no, so far. No, 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 remember he had a, like a 23 and he 12 did. game. But I'm talking about for this season. This is the game right. of the season. 18 and 13. 
No, this season he had that. He had, I'm he saying had that. And we're saying that's his best game this season. <laughs> that's nothing. Um, as uh, Newlock Josh said exactly, he had two points against the Suns. Aiden isn't in that class. Certainly not in that class of All Star bigs we're talking about. That's um, a good point. I mean, guys, like whenever we're, we're where else do you look tonight? Like th- as I mentioned, the Bulls got a big lift from their bench. That young man, 12, 5, 4, and 5. Like, give it up for this man. Um, And and you know what? Let's talk about that for a second. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Thad Young's Instagram and Twitter today, but obviously lots of rumors flying around. Bobby Marks for ESPN Plus put up the, you know, all 30 teams trade deadline guide, what to look for, who might be on, you know, the trade docket, which teams might be looking to buy and sell. And his piece on the Bulls basically said, I've talked to uh, all kinds of executives around the league. Behind Bradley Beal, the name that I am hearing the most is Thaddeus Young. Mm -hmm. Playoff-bound teams who want that vet to add to their rotation. Mm -hmm. And Thad Young basically took a graphic from some sports blog with that quote, put it on his Instagram, and said, like, I'm humbled by this. This is cool. But, you know, I'm, I'm focused on what's right in front of me. And, and staying with this team and playing for this team and, you know, trying to make the playoffs for this team. He said the same thing when he hopped on Zach Levine's, like, prank press conference with his family and friends when he was named an all-star. And, and Thad Young said to Zach, when I got here, I signed here, I said, we got two things to do. We're going to make you an all-star, and we're going to make the playoffs. So plenty of rumors swirling around. AK talked to the media today, too, about trade deadline stuff. He was pretty coy. No surprise there. But Thad Young basically stamped his opinion today on social media. I want to stay here, and I want to see if we can make we can make the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that just shows the kind of person he is. Honestly, like he's just a great teammate, and everywhere he's gone, people say that about him. Like, dude, he is the best teammate. He's awesome. Yeah, we get that. Honestly, when I saw that post, I said, "Oh, your trade value just went up a little bit more," because I was like, "That's an awesome thing to say," you know, like. It, I, honestly, that was my first thought. I was like, yep, yeah. and now you get an extra second-round pick now because you put that up. Yeah, that's great. He's an awesome ball player, awesome character guy. He's been great for us, 6'8", playing center, and just being a good facilitator, giving you points, you know, finding an open man, riding the ship when the bench comes in. He's been awesome, but he's tradable. Like, I don't, I don't think he's untradable, like – at all. Like, nothing about him says, I can't be traded. Now, when I saw that, uh, when he was on Zach's Zoom call, my first thought was, he, oh, he's not being traded. Like, there's no way. Like, this is his best friend. Like, it, it's not going to happen. He, he'll he be here. He'll be fine. He'll be here. But he's not untradeable, is my point. Like, it's not just a guy like, oh, we got to have him. We got to do this. No, what we got to do is get better. <laughs> that's what we got to do. That's, that's the only thing we've got to do. And Thad, yeah, he's great. He makes you better. But if his team's out there willing to give you a bunch of stuff just to get this dude they're considering number one. When did the when last time the Bulls been, like, sought after or wanted or desired by somebody in the NBA? It's been a minute, man. So I don't know if they want to take advantage of this or not, but, yeah, Matt, John, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting watching this. This is a good problem to have. Yeah. You want half the – you have some people want that you can get value for and that we like on the team that we want to keep. What's the problem here? <laughs> this, we've been dreaming for this moment. A player we like and that has value that we could get. Like this is great, but we we don't. You don't know until you know what the trade is. So 
Yeah, it could be dumb yeah. to trade him. It could be dumb to hold him. We don't know. We don't know. In the in a vacuum, yeah. it's just saying what your favorite color is over and over again, and then fighting with them. <laughs> right. And and I think that's why you know um, Artur is talking today to the media and being coy about the deadline. Um, it it kind of goes to your point uh, when we were talking on Friday, John, which is like Bulls fans are talking about this as if it's black and white and trade that or don't. Yeah. We have no idea <laughs> what the offers are or, or if the offers have even started rolling in. Let's remember, most of the deadline trades that happen happen in the final 24 hours before yes. said deadline. The That's Bulls true. have weeks to pick up yes. the phone to you know, answer calls, to make calls about Thad Young or about anybody else on this roster. And I, I, we haven't heard anything concrete about the parameters of any like hypothetical packages. We've heard no it, rumors. It, it's all nebulous at this yeah, point. It's like nebulous. <laughs> <laughs> but like, people be like, but we're better with that. It's like, yeah, we, that's not the, what we're saying. We it's know that. not up for like, debate. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. He's our second best yeah. player. That's what we're saying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's good. Yeah, like, we know. <laughs> but you can't just like it's. This isn't like a war where you're like team bad. Like, like yeah. This is a business, and until you know what the exchange is, it it may be we may be getting bad offers, so he holds on to it. Great. Right. Right. Yeah. He's um, awesome though. He is. I'm enjoying the- his play. Hmm. The thing that I'm going to be just like very quietly, curiously wondering about is if we get a surprise trade of one of the young core, not Thad, but one of the young core. Mm-hmm. We've seen Kobe White struggle up and down. We were just talking at length about Wendell and whether or not he fits big picture. Because um, to me, the last two losses have been glaring red signs of this is what your team is lacking. The Suns loss where CP3 picks us apart and the Bulls have 10 fourth quarter turnovers. Your team needs a point guard. Tonight, where a star caliber center dominates the crap out of us in the paint and basically does whatever the hell he wants in the fourth quarter to secure that team's win. Jokic over Wendell. This team still needs a true center. Those two positions. And so the fact that Kobe and Wendell, two of the young core, to me seem to be the most glaring problems with a starting five Zach is here from what we've heard he's not going anywhere not at least anytime soon and Patrick Williams is this team's four of the future forget Wendell forget Lowry that's your starting four for years to come I think it's like so intriguing to me to see we're, we're going to spend all this time talking about trade that young don't trade that young and they might actually sneakily just move one of those two guys Kobe or Wendell yeah, they might. And, and honestly, real, real shout out to Kobe White, though, because like you said, he struggled in that first quarter. In that third quarter, he he came through. The man in it with 20 points and 10 rebounds. And what I've seen, and three assists, and, and what I've seen from Kobe lately is him saying, okay, well, if I'm not going to be able to pass the ball, how else can I f- affect the game? And I can affect the game because I'm six foot five and I can give rebounds. Okay, let me do that now. Because these are the last, I'm, I don't remember his last that line, but he, his rebound totals have been much higher. He's getting seven, eight rebounds now a game. And that's impressive to me because that's what you want when a guy is like, I'm struggling. I'm not doing this well. Well, then what can I do well? How can I help? Let me see what I can do. Oh, bet. I can box out. 
oh man, I'm a little tougher inside. Okay, let me get these rebounds and start the break and see what happens with that. So I appreciate him recognizing that. That's good recognition uh, for him on the court. Um, but yeah, you're, I mean, you're right, Matt. Like we know the glaring weaknesses. Like John said it before we came on here. We we know what we are. We know what the issues we have. We get it. We see it. We, we're watching the games. We understand. And they're not debatable. You know what I'm saying? Like we understand you need a facilitating point guard. Yep. You understand you need a, a big man in the paint. Yep. You understand you need a, a two because this is a the next game. This is another game, guys, where we play the team that has two and we have one. This is a game where where Chris Paul and, and it's Devin Booker, and then you got Jamal Murray and you got Jokic, and we have Zach Levine, and we just got one. So it's just, it's two against one. So that's that's really what is going on right here. Like when we play the Lakers, you know, it's LeBron and it and it's AD. You know, like you're playing two against one. So you're right. We got to get that other two. Lowry is supposed to be that guy with those numbers and things, but he best availability is availability and he hasn't been there, but yeah, you're right, man. It's, it's going to be very interesting going forward to see if they pull that off. I have a, I have a uh, question. For, I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you, have you found it like the most frustrating part about this season is how consistent this team feels like we, like Matt, you were like, they're going to lose it. Just like they did the Suns. We know exactly who's going to ball out. <laughs> we know who yeah. we know. Like we know who we can rely on. Like, it's wild to me how, like, someone doesn't pop up from the bench and, like, take over in a way, like, different. Someone different, I should say. Like, like Satter doesn't go off for 25 one game, you know, or how we don't – we know exactly – we kind of – these almost feel like they're scripted out. They're so consistent. Mm-hmm. It's just – I think that's been the most frustrating part for me watching these games. So I'm like, God, give me something different. I know how this is going to go. Yeah. Why am and I watching I, I, the games? <laughs> Uh, and I apologize. It was way back uh, earlier on tonight. Somebody in the comments, I can't remember who said, you know, does it count as progress or a sign of moving forward if Bulls fans are going in games like this against knowing we're going to lose and probably lose by a lot and not caring to being like heartbroken because we've lost so many close winnable games against quality opponents this season. And that in itself being a sign of progress last mm-hmm. season. When we would sit down and start to watch a game, unless we were playing the Wizards or, uh, let's see, the Wizards, I was like, (laughs) we're going to lose and we're going to lose by fucking 20. And now it's like, we almost beat the Suns. We almost beat the Nuggets. We almost beat the Lakers and the Clippers. We're coming up just shy. And that is a sign of progress, but it still means when you're not closing fourth quarters, the guys that they're going to keep from the young court, they need to get better and basically... You just need to add talent. Josh saying the team talent level, not that high, not good enough. Yeah. Got to get better with the talent level. I mean, were you guys surprised to not see uh, guys like Felicio and Gafford out there tonight against Jokic, knowing how big he is and how dominant he is? Gafford, maybe. But let's be honest. I mean, other than his highlight reel blocks, Gafford was getting cooked on the defensive end when he was starting mm-hmm. for Wendell. Right. And the other guy, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I mean, we could say we could have said that about Cornette like two weeks ago, like that yeah. same sentence, <laughs> that same exact sentence right there. Um, honestly, I was a little surprised I didn't see either one of them. I thought he would try to switch it up and not continue to go with the smaller you know, guys on it because they were getting cooked. That's the only reason. They were, they were getting destroyed. That's what, We saw Luke Cornette out there at the end of the game, for God's sakes. Like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I was, thought we would see that, 
the court at the end of the game, I was like, okay, come on. <laughs> that, uh, that's the streak running too hard. That's Cody on step by step. Thank you. Getting his own series. That's like, all right, dog. All right, come on. Thank you. Um, John, here is what will probably be your favorite comment of the night. C. Winston saying, Wendell Carter is 6'9", who plays like he's 6'2". No, but his Ooh. wingspan, guys. His wingspan. <laughs> Ooh, yes. His wingspan. That, no, 6'2", two guys can shoot. No, he doesn't even play <laughs> that. 6'2", guys can shoot threes. You are so right. Do you know how long it took for me to realize Ben Wallace was 6'9"? <laughs> I thought he was, like, close to 7 feet. Yeah. Same I'm with Bam out of Bible. Like Sam, like Bam out of Bio, I thought was close to that. Like, yeah, he does not play up to his size. I completely agree with that. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here in a minute, but we couldn't end tonight's show without uh, without first acknowledging some news that came across our timelines today. Bulls legend Joakim Noah officially going to hang them up. When he was waived by the Clippers before the start of this season, uh, the reports were that he was leaning towards retirement, but nothing official. And then uh, Sham Sharanya today tweeting, Joakim Noah is going to retire. He would like to retire a bull. So you're probably going to see something similar to Lawal Dang, where he signs an honorary one-day contract to officially retire. Remember the bulls. And here's the only thing that I think needs to be said. When you do that Joakim Noah retirement ceremony, you better not do it in an empty fucking stadium. You need to wait until we are past this COVID thing as a country. You need to wait until the United Center is at capacity. 20,000 plus fans screaming up on their feet as Joakim Noah is sitting or standing center court receiving the honor of being one of the greatest Bulls of all time. It was a sad day for me, but also a happy reflective day. That dude gave me so many amazing memories as a Bulls fan. Even beyond Derek, he is the one who brought back the insanity inner levels mm. of my Bulls fandom that didn't exist since the dynasty days. Mm-hmm. He is why I break things when I watch the Bulls. He was why mm. I broke things when I watched the Bulls because my energy level was his energy mm. level. And that mm. is so rare oh. in professional sports. And it meant so much to me and it still does. That's beautifully said, bro. That's, that's beautifully said. That's... Absolutely. Joe Kim. Namaste. Noah. I mean, his energy level was my energy level. That <laughs> says it all, right? God damn. That's yeah. good. Yeah, Joe Kim Noah, man. Awesome, period. Hall of Famer. Oh, we can argue that. <laughs> well, you know what? Because we're counting college. College. So that's what I'm saying. I think the college puts them through. Back yeah, titles, that's, man. that's a Hall of Famer. That's big. They, they, they value I, college more than pros, too, sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I just still always remember when he got drafted and how excited I was and how shocked I was that people weren't as excited as me when, when they drafted him. Because I don't watch a ton of college basketball, but I definitely watched that – those two seasons of Florida, and he always stood out. And I was like, this, this dude was the MVP of this tournament, and, and we're not happy about this? Like, I watched him go up against the best center in the game, who was Odom at that at that point in time. I watched yeah. him go up against him and, and do his thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't understand why people weren't didn't see it, but I'm glad everybody got over that. You're right, Matt. I, I A lot of people think about uh, – Maybe the Derrick Rose shot when the double tap, double tap of the chest, mm-hmm. uh, things like that as, as that moment. But for me, when I think of that era, the first moment that comes to my mind is him stealing the ball from Paul Pierce going Game coast six, to coast, dunking on him and one. I cannot tell I that feeling that you're talking about, Matt. I, I completely had it right there. Like it hits you all in the face and it came right up out your head. Yep. And I hadn't had that since '98. 
Like that was the first time I had that feeling. It wasn't a feeling of, oh yeah, we did something nice. The feeling of, <laughs> oh my God, we're awesome. Right? Like we are great. And the timing of it, and he hit the free throw. Like and the time, just the timing of it, it was just brilliant, man. And I love Joe Kim Noah, man. man. That uh he was fun to watch. That saying that a lot of sports fans use, like if you watch a hype video that's making its ways around Twitter, uh, you know, sports fans saying like, you know, I- I'm I'm about to run through a wall right now. I'm ready to run yeah. through a wall. It gets overused and it's overly saturated now. Joakim truly made me feel like I could run through a wall because yeah. he yeah. looked like he was about to run through a freaking wall yes. on every yes. second of every play. And you would follow him <laughs> if he ran through that wall. We all going through that wall. That's Joe Kim Noah, man. Head oh. fucking first, man. Awesome, man. Oh, all right. That's it. We got one more game on deck before the All-Star break. Bulls need that All-Star break because, boy, second half of the schedule is brutal. So we got Zion and the Pelicans oh. back here Wednesday night. Hopefully we can end this first half of the season with a W and stay flirting with that Eastern Conference playoff picture. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with us tonight, you guys. We appreciate it every night that you tune in with us. We love the Bulls. You love the Bulls. We love hanging out with you. Just a reminder, if you ever miss these hot mics live, you can catch the archived episodes on the Bow on Bulls YouTube channel and in podcast form on that Bow on Bulls podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. For Big Dave Watson and John Sabine, Matt Peck, and thanks for watching. Stretch forward with the Bulls Outcasts. See you back here on Wednesday. Peace.